Welcome to the club. This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. As a matter of fact, that's literally what the climb means. C-L-I-M-E, creating leverage in the music business. Why did we name it that? Because that's what you're going to need. This is the new music business. You're not going to be the raw, poor artist with zero track record and a whole lot of talent that gets a big deal and gets a shot. You're going to have to come to the biggies, the bigger investors, the bigger management companies, the bigger booking agents, the bigger labels with a track record proving that you have an audience and that you know what you're doing out there. That's why Brent Baxter, my good friend, came up with that Baxter in the climb. Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you can write like a pro, do business like a pro. And on the regular, he connects you to the pros wherever you're at. You're going to get a shot at the pros. You can find Brent at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. So if you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production singular, no S, and there's no S because there is no other Johnny D. What's up, brother? brother? I'm doing all right. I'm hanging here at the house. Got the five kids. It's a pretty day. They're on the trampoline at the moment. I really feel like, uh, you know, Tom Hanks in Castaway, like, you know, day day 15. Right, yeah. I'm all locked up. About to, order, about to order a Wilson volleyball from Amazon. Wait for it to get delivered. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so like have a friend. Right. <laughs> What's up? Yeah. <laughs> I feel what more like house. I don't know, or something. Survivor. We start off with a bunch of people. We're just going to see how many make it. Um, so today, we are going to talk about how the radio is not good enough which uh, some of you are already pumping your fists in the air going, darn right, but it may not be what you think. So we're talking about how the radio isn't good enough and how stuff needs to be better and what you can do about it. All right. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I'm in on that for sure. Let's uh, Mm -hmm. take care a little business before we get there, though. It's a digital world out there, especially now. It's just a digital world for so many people. There's still uh, an important role, though, for physical media to play in today's independent musician. I mean, this all is going to come back, guys. We're going to be touring again, and you're going to need to have CD, vinyl, T-shirts, stuff like that to sell at your gigs. Even though people aren't listening to CDs anymore, it's something they want you to sign. They're going to stream your music anyway, but they're going to want you to sign that stuff. Digital royalty payments are so small that uh, this has become a real important income generator. It also connects you to your audience better, you know? That's right. You can't autograph a stream. That is for sure. So, knock, knock. Who's there? COVID-19. Don't let it in. No. (laughs) Math. Math says you need about 3,000 of those streams to equal the money that comes in from selling one CD at a show. That is a big mathematical difference. And obviously, we're thankful for streams because that's how a lot of people are consuming our stuff, especially right now since they can't make it to a live show. But 
man, when we start touring again, you're going to realize that you are leaving money on the table if you don't have merch on the table. But thankfully, our friends at Disc Makers, who are actually, I think, right now making like face shields. They've gone over to making face shields for our healthcare workers, which is awesome. That is right. Good shout out, man. I, I, yes. Thank you for remembering so, so Disc Makers helping to, man, fight the battle. So we appreciate y'all even more for Hold that. Hold on, I got to jump in. I just have to say how like how proud I am of like American companies, all these different American companies that are just like, hey, we got a production line. We can make this plastic, that metal. We can do this. We can do that. And mm-hmm. everybody's just like, we'll shut down this product. And now we're just making these masks or we're making face shields or we're making this or mm-hmm. we're making that. Just I hate being in times like these. Everybody does. But, man, it, right. it feels good knowing that these massive companies out there, including disc makers, just mm-hmm. step up to the plate. There is a, just FYI, to give more praise to these companies, there is some kind of political thing that the president of the United States can invoke, can demand this in a time of emergency, wartime, or some... Yeah, know, War Power Production Act. Yeah, or some, something like Act, that yeah. never had to happen with this. They all just right. step for, hey, we got this. We, you know, what do you need? We can make it, you know? And that just kind of gives me the chills a little bit. I love it. And I'm sure other places and other countries are doing that as well. But hey, you know, this is what we're paying attention to right yeah, here. Yeah, I mean, I'm not in this country, uh, so this isn't, this this isn't is... a comparison in any way, but I'm just, this is just right. positive. I'm so, I'm so proud of our, of our country and, yeah. and what these companies are too, doing so. to, to help everybody out. And specifically proud of disc makers. And, and you know what? So when they're done making all those face shields, God bless them. Um, they are the place to go for your disc, your other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even T-shirts. So you can find them online at discmakers.com. That is D-I-S-C, makers.com. Or give them a call at 800-468-9353. That is 800-468-9353. You know what? You may just look them up on social media under Disc Makers and just give them a shout-out and thanking them for helping by what they're doing today. Not just for the music stuff, but specifically for making masks and doing that stuff. And, and one thing I love about the companies, too, that do that, it keeps their people employed. Yeah. God bless yeah. them. It gives them, you know, it's something that's needed, but it keeps those people working, which is a big deal these yeah, days. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I mean, there's plenty of all kinds of news on both sides of the aisle or whatever. But, you know, when, when the uh, quote unquote big corporations do what it takes to get through something like this, that makes my heart warm. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. So, hey, if you haven't joined the climb community, uh, please do so. My goodness, we have one guy that I don't know if you saw this, Brent, but he <laughs> suggested <laughs> like seventy-three people. I'm like, is this quarantine? Like, what happened? But and we're we're I can't right. remember who it is, but we we will shout him out in the climb community, of course. I think it, we already shouted him out. Yeah, you've already started that. Hey, yeah. guys, this is a, a community where, I mean, obviously, this guy invited 73 of his friends that he knew were artists and singers and songwriters. And it's, it's a great place to be where, you know, we're tackling new ideas, where we're getting behind people, helping them, helping them win. And, and really, it's the community helping each other. Once again, kind of a little microcosm of what we just spoke about, right, where it's really the people mm-hmm. helping each other and, and you and I providing a place to do it and, and working to keep it active. So yeah, we're, we're super the yeah, we're, we're real proud of that and, and of all the climbers, and we'd like you to join. So uh, you have to ask to be let in, but we let everybody in. 
Subscribe to the podcast wherever you like to consume your podcasts. Tell a friend about it. This is how we've been spreading. As much as you hear me harp about digital marketing, for the first time, we're actually going to ramp it up for the podcast shortly here. We haven't done it before. It's just been blood, sweat, and tears on on Brent's part and on my mm-hmm. part and on your part. So thank you for everybody who did share, who, who's continued to share. If this moves you, tell a friend because we're, we're out there. We want to help people. And this can be done. And it's, it's easier than ever before to get to a point where you can make a living as an artist, but it's harder at the same time because you have to do it yourself. Somebody else isn't going to do it for you, but there's a lot more people that can do it for themselves right. than the chosen few who had a label do it for them back in the day, you know? And then finally, I'll leave a rating and review. Gosh darn it, we're trying to get to 200. If you've been thinking about it, just take 30 seconds and put it in there and be honest. We hope it's a five star, but we'll be honest. We hope it's a five star, right? You be honest and put whatever you want on there. I promise you we're going to read it on the air. So, and let's celebrate some wins. All right. We had our new heights that comes out in the climb community on Facebook every Wednesday. So we, we have a post and that is your place to celebrate with each other. Milestones, wins, big wins, small wins, whatever a new height is for you. So let's look at a couple here for recently in the climb community. Let's see here. Aaron Friedman got a front page story in the local newspaper about our online songwriter showcase. So already adapting. So yeah, I guess in, it looks like Reading PA. And so she put a link to it. It says in times of coronavirus, your local band's next gig is on your iPhone. And so getting some local press, adapting, taking a, you know, making the best of a bad situation. So awesome, Aaron. Good job. That was really brilliant. Yes. Randy England just finished production with epic Scottish musician Tom Grimes. Yes, that one. Unlike any song he's ever written as a C-19 theme and quite epic. But anyway, so they finished one out and just felt like it's something that people need to hear. And so that was a win. So, yeah, Randy and Tom. Way to go, Randy. I saw that. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. I'm going to be honest, but I saw it. And Randy, I'm going to get to it, I promise. And I... And I will comment. It's just uh, been a little bananas. And Randy, I don't, I don't see a link here. So I thought I saw a post link that to on Songwriting Sound Pro or something. Or something. That, that might have been somewhere else. So, or maybe I just missed it not right here. And oh, there's a guy named Brent who his current Southern Gospel single "Can I Get a Witness" just hit the top ten. That's pretty I think sweet. I know okay. that guy. I know somebody that. who knows that guy. Yeah, no, that's I heard happy. some things about so, him. I, but, you know, listen, I heard some things. Don't I heard some those. things. I heard a few things. I heard a few things. <laughs> <laughs> don't believe all of them. <laughs> Only the bad ones. All right, so that's what's going on in the climb community. So uh, drop in, ask a, to be let in. We'll let you in. Be good boys and girls, and we'll have a good time. We're just hosting a good party over there. All right, so let's talk about how the radio isn't good enough. All right, so recently I had a Play for a Publisher event. If you're a longtime climber, you know quarterly I bring in a publisher, collect songs from the songwriting pro community, from the climb community, wherever we can get them. And people send their songs, and I curate a list of 10 songs that I think have the best chance of catching our publisher guest ear. And then we get on a Zoom video conference. Yes, we were online video conferencing before it was cool. And we get him on an online video conference on Zoom and we play him the songs and he gives us feedback. And then we have a discussion. Do do you mean before it was cool or before it was COVID? Before it was. (laughs) Right. We We were online conferencing before it was COVID. Exactly. I mean, uh, cool. I was quarantining (laughs) before quarantine was cool. So. (laughs) 
and and so we've been doing that uh, for for years now. Yeah. So we had Woody Bomar from Green Hills Music. He came in, and you know, I collected, you know, went through, and we played him. He got to have a face to face online conversation with these writers. And good songs were played, really good songs. But Woody's like, you know what? I can't get these on the radio. So they're going to dive into that because as good as the radio won't get you on the radio. Many songs, Woody said, were really well done. He's like, man, these are, you know, they're up-tempo, they're positive, they're love, plenty of images. Like, he can point out a lot of good craft in these. He's like, man, you're doing all the right things, but I can't get these on the radio. It's just as good. There's one he pointed out. He said, this song's just as good as songs like this on the radio. It was like a beachy right. kind of thing. He said... It's just as good as the songs like this that get on the radio, but we can't get yours on the radio because the artist didn't write it. The producer didn't write it. He goes, I know that's frustrating. Johnny, you think that's frustrating for songwriters to hear? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's frustrating. I'm sure. But, you know, I, you know, listen, I love where this conversation is going because where I come from, I mean, you know me, I'm a no BS kind of guy. <laughs> I was raised by a Marine and, you know, good enough or as the Marine used to say, uh, you know, or d still does say, he's still, yeah. around, you know, a good exactly, enough for yeah. government work, right? <laughs> good enough is good enough for government mm -hmm. work. And that's not good enough. Like it's, it's like, don't, don't get in there and do it unless you're going to mm -hmm. do it right. Unless you're going to do it well. Otherwise don't even bother, yeah. you know, like do something else. So I, I love this conversation because there's a, s a certain sort of, I don't know if self-sabotage is the right word, but certainly there's an element on it. But we just are kind of like, well, we're defensive about, you know, well, that's good enough. And it's like, yeah, for the radio, but not going to get you a cut, outside cut. Not going to get you on the radio. And and that's it's a tricky game. It's kind of like what you talk about with artists. You, you tend to model what artists did to get on your awareness, which is radio and that kind of stuff. You tend to model what you've seen successful. Sure. And I think it's the same thing with songwriters. When we're, you know, if you're outside the gates and you're trying to get cuts, you, you write like the radio. Because that makes sense. You're trying to get on the radio, write like what's on the radio, and that appears to be the bar. It makes perfect sense. Why wouldn't that make sense, right? Yeah. Well, you have to take into account the machinery, the gears behind the scenes that maybe you don't see or you aren't aware of unless you're educated about it. And even and even knowing it, you got to know it in your bones and you have to respond accordingly. That's really difficult to do, you know, to get that so much in your DNA that you actually write differently. Yeah, yeah. So here's here's I think maybe the difference, right? Or at least one of the differences that matters. So it's, it's kind of like at what level is it important? So it's, you know, it's not that it's either right or it's wrong. Mm -hmm. It's always a combo platter. Life is always a combo platter where mm -hmm. not even just two things can be true at the same time, but four things or five things can be true at the same time. So mm -hmm. while you hear Brent and I dissect a hit song on the radio because we want to look at the DNA of that song. We want to look at the lyricism. We want to look at the craft, right? We're going to pull apart that engine and look at the craftsmanship of the piston and the, you know, and mm -hmm. all the different stuff inside, you know, we're, we're going to check all that stuff out because you have to learn from that. But at the end of the day, when you put the engine back together, if you say in your mind, it's good enough for the radio, then and that sort of subconsciously suggests, and correct me if I'm wrong, Brent, that mm -hmm. that's the only goal. But the goal really needs to be always be better because you're a craftsman. Right. And, and that, that is one thing. You know, they're just taking different routes to get there. What got them there won't get you there. Or actually, you may not be seeing what actually got them to the point where they're getting songs on the radio. You're just seeing the result. You're not seeing 
all the other stuff that goes into it. So uh, Woody said, you know, basically good as isn't good enough. Woody said you have to bring something different. And by the way, I agree with that. If it's the same stuff that the artist is writing, the artist is going to cut their own version of it, their own song, not yours. If it's the same stuff, why wouldn't they cut their own? They have more emotional attachment to it. They put in their own little special sauce, their own little details, and it makes them more money because they get writer share and maybe publishing share, whatever. It grows their financial pie. So if it's close, they're going to pick their own. Because of so many reasons, and that's not wrong. Or if it's the same stuff that Ashley Gorley or Shane McAnally is cutting, or Josh Osborne, if it's the same stuff they're writing, those are some of the top songwriters in Nashville, they're going to cut Ashley Gorley's because he's a trusted source. He can get his to the artist first before you can, right? They're actually calling him for songs, all right? So you can't beat fire with fire. So you can look at stuff that... Ashley has on the radio or Shane has on the radio. And they're great writers, by the way. So they're, they're not cheating. But if you look at that and go, oh, I can, you know, I got a couple that are just as good as that. Okay. Just because every once in a while you can make a three-pointer like LeBron or something doesn't mean you can get in the NBA. It's a whole different set of things to get you in there. Not just because you, you can shoot a couple good shots every now and again. It's not going to get you in the game. You want to write a song that's going to make Ashley Gorley go, Damn. that's that's the song you're gonna get cut let's just pivot out of the music industry for a second if you got your set of friends you got your group your circle that you're working with and somebody's doing something and it's really cool and, and you really like it and then maybe you hear about somebody else doing something and it's just as cool as what your friends are doing you know maybe you see it on somewhere somehow it comes into your awareness and then you're like yeah well, I'm going to go with my friend because he's my friend. He's the familiarity is there. Yeah. But when you see something that you haven't seen before, when you see something that's just so good, it's undeniable. Mm-hmm. Then it gives you pause and you want to learn more. I mean, are you really going to drive to the McDonald's across town when there's a McDonald's across the street? Ooh, if it's the same that's stuff. See, I took so long to explain something so, so vaguely. Home. And there it is right there. You boiled it from the cocaine <laughs> down to the crack. Like that's much more potent. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> right. So, it, yeah, if it's a McDonald's, they're going to pick the one across the street or the one on the same side of the street. Really? They're living in McDonald's. So Woody told us a revealing story. He said a few years ago, there was a label head in his office listening, you know, who came to listen for songs for his artists. So Woody had his songs ready to pitch to the, those artists. And the label head said, Woody, play me three songs that you think will never get cut. He's like, oh, OK, why? And the label had said, basically, and I'm paraphrasing the story, but if I ask for a fun mid to up-tempo song where the guy's flirting with the girl at the bar, I'm going to have a hundred of them on my desk by the end of the day, and they're all going to be Good. Yeah, because I'm a label head, they're and I got I, I'm good. friends with all the hit writers for the last thirty and years. Just, yeah, <laughs> well, and there's just people cranking out that stuff any one time. There are a hundred of those being written in Nashville by good writers. They're good. Yeah. So, what are the odds that yours is going to get picked? They don't need to pick yours. Their buddy's writing it. They're writing it. Okay. That's not where the bar is, and I know that's frustrating. 
because I have some of those too. Like, man, that's just as good as what's on the radio. If that were on the radio, it would be a hit. Yeah, but why would they pick mine, right? Why would they pick someone else's? Why would they pick yours? Yeah, yeah, so, uh, one, sorry to intervene once again, but mm-hmm. sometimes when we say this, it occurs to me, and I know it occurs to you too, that it could come off like, well, he's going to pick his friends, so why should I even bother? It's his friends. It's an insider's club. It's a, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But you know what, guys? Like, straight up, let's combine the McDonald's analogy with something new. Five people come to your front door together, and each of them has a McDonald's Coke for you. Mm-hmm. And one of them's your friend. And the other four, you don't know. Right. Whose Coke are you going to take? My buddies. It's not because you're like, we can't let them in. You know, it's not from some evil place. It's just human nature. That's familiar. The other four are foreign. There's going to have to be something really spectacular to break into my awareness, to get inside my mind, to make me want to consider and learn more about you. But if it's just another Coke and let's I mean, listen, I don't even drink Mm Coca-Cola anymore, but. McDonald's Coke is about as consistent as it gets. It's the best tasting Coca-Cola. You know, they got that down to a science. So to your point, you know, the Coca-Cola at the McDonald's uh, across town is the exact same Coca-Cola as here. So when five people got that Coca-Cola, it's great. It's as good as it can be. You're going to go with the one that you know. Exactly. And if you're going to cut a song and these songs are... Basically the same, right? I mean, they're not the same song, but as far as quality and they could be a hit, yeah, they're, you know, they meet spec, okay? They meet spec. Who do you want to call and go, dude, we just cut your song? You want to call your buddy? Oh, yep. Who's going to be high-fiving and buying you shots later? Or you want to have your people call some name that you don't know? I want to call my buddies. I mean, even when I'm just pitching stuff, my close friends, like, you know, there's some of my songs I just really want to get cut. Why? Because I want that. For these people who've been through the wars with me, who grinded these songs out and we've starved together and we've just hurt together over this stuff. I want those songs to get cut where I walked in a room and wrote a song with somebody that maybe has a bunch of hits or that kind of stuff. It just it means more. If, boy, if I could just get that song cut just for those writers, not even for the song, like for those guys, my my boys, you know? Maybe the person that you know has the exact same struggle. Like if there was a way to, mm-hmm. you know, to measure that, right? That was easy. Let's just pretend there's a measurement. And so the struggles are the same, but you're emotionally exactly. invested in your friend, in the person that you know. So pound for pound. Competitive song, competitive song. You're going to go with the relationship. Also, let's go back to the Coke analogy, right? Five people at your front door with a McDonald's Coke, and they all look the same. But are they like what's underneath? Like what is, is some is, is one roofied? <laughs> right, exactly. Right? Yeah. Did one person like pour out half the Coke and put some water in there because they wanted a Coke too? Or are they crazy? They're going to show up every day and expect you to. Let them in now. Like we're gonna be best yeah, buddies. Yeah, yeah. Is that is that some sort of precursor for some wicked relationship where it becomes where they're you know you don't know right you don't know who they are. Here's, it's scary. It's, it's foreign and it's a very hardwired human behavior and there's a reason for it. Yeah, and here's another reason why relationships are kind of like the tiebreakers. There's a friend of mine that um, I was riding with one day and. I've gotten cuts with this person, and she gets a lot of cuts in her genre. She's very successful, and she knows all the artists. She, like, grew up in the business. I mean, knows the artists in the genre, and she's been a consistent hit maker. She can send them, seriously, she said, like, I'll send them, like, 50 songs <laughs> for the project. Oh, wow. You can't send 50 songs. I'm like, what? 
But they will listen because she's had over 30 number ones in her genre. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and she's a yep. hustler. And she gets number ones. So, yeah, send them all. But they're not going to take that from me or you if they don't know us. Right? Hey, can I send you 50 bu- songs? No. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. A hard pass. Lose my number, right? But this person that I know who's a proven commodity – Tons of number ones. And those 50 songs, she's going to send me some number ones. I just got to pick them. Yeah. Like, side note, like, we're so we're kind of talking about, like, what you have to do to sort of break awareness and and to to start the professional journey, right? To to start some Mm -hmm. professional relationships. Obviously, to get to this point where you could even consider starting a professional journey, you've been on a craftsman journey for quite a while. And you've put a lot of time and effort into Mm -hmm. it to be able to even think about opening that door, right? Once that starts. You just reminded me of a story of Diane Warren, who's maybe one mm-hmm. of the top five hit songwriters of like all time. I mean, yeah. she's written songs that you don't even know she's written for rock bands oh, and so stuff, many. you know, that, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I remember hearing a story about her. This is, she's already number one hit songwriter. She's already amazing. She had this song where she's like, I knew this would be a song for Cher. She literally went and stalked Cher. In her Mm. position. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Because she wasn't yeah. going to rely on any friends or anything like that to get to her. She's like, hell no, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure the woman here, I think she finally connected with her. I think it had been passed on by the crew yeah, or it was something. An, I think it was an elevator thing or something. I, I mean, obviously she's not some crazy unknown sycophant when she says I'm Diane Warren, but that's not the point guys. The point is she still wasn't waiting for anybody to help her, but her damn self. No. <laughs> Hustler. <Yeah. laughs> Mad hustle. <laughs> 
Yeah, and that's like my friend who'll send 50 songs. I mean, I was talking to someone about her the other day, just talking about who some of the people were writing with. I, I mentioned her, and he's written with her. He goes, man, she's a hustler. Yep. <laughs> In a good way. Like, she is yep. working to yep. get cuts because she knows that my job is not to write songs. My job is to get cuts on the radio. Yeah. That's a very different job description. But anyway, so back to Woody's story. The guy's like, play me three songs you think will never get cut because, you know, I can get the other stuff. All day long, I can turn on the fire hydrant anytime. And so, Woody was talking about the ones he. So he's an he runs an independent. I mean, he's been at majors and indie majors and all that stuff. He's been in the business forever, but now he's he's kind of running his own show. So an independent publishing company. He says the ones he pitches most are just about something different. Party songs are really hard to get cut if they're outside songs, meaning they didn't get written by the artist or by someone in the artist's camp. You know, one of his buddies. Well, say, that again, say that again. Say that again. Maybe. Party songs are really hard to get cut if they're an outside song. Outside meaning they mm. did not get written by the artist, the producer, one of his buddies. Maybe the artists, some artists now have like joint venture publishing deals and they've signed some writers. Inside the camp may be written by one of their own writers that they publish because that's a financial benefit for them. They signed them because they're a fan and because they like that person. And now it makes them more money, too. So, come on. That's, that's a pretty strong incentive, right? So, it's that kind of thing. It's really hard to get cut. And, of course, one yep. of the... Astute songwriters at the Play for Publisher event is probably asked the same question that probably a lot of you guys are thinking. Hey, but you play them something different, and they say, "Ah, oh, that's too different, right? That's a catch-22. So what do you do with that? You know? And I thought that was an excellent question, and I applaud them for kind of going, what about this, though, right? You know, They want different until they hear it, and then they're like, ah, it's too different. Right. And how do you thread that needle? What gives about this? Woody had a good point. He goes, man, study the songs that artists that are writers cut that they didn't write. So like a Miranda Lambert, she writes most of her stuff. She did not write The House That Built Me. Oh, pay attention to that one. Cole Swindell writes most of his own cuts and he writes songs for other people too. He didn't write Break Up in the End. Ooh, pay close attention to that one. He said, that's really where you look and go, okay, these artists that are writers, what did they not write that they put out? Lee Bryce um, on his album, I think it's called Rumors, but the single is called Boy. It was only one on the record he didn't write, to my understanding, and he released it as a first single. Pay close attention to that. And so, yes, it has to fit on the radio, but it also has to be a little bit different, and no one knows exactly what that's going to be. Okay, so yes, granted, nobody knows it, right? And there are probably going to be a lot of those songs that get passed on over and over again until it finds the right home. But the same stuff that may get it passed on today may be the same reason it gets cut tomorrow. But you can't import sand to the beach, and there's just not enough reason to think somebody's going to pick your little patch of sand you know, to set up shop on. So that's one big takeaway is check out the songs that artists that are writers, singled especially, because that's where the money is, and that's, that's really the bar— that they didn't write themselves. That's very telling. Like, what made them cut this song? They didn't write it. I Drive Your Truck, Lee Bryce. He didn't write on that. Yeah. So these are like yep. song of the year <laughs> thing. You know, these are just spectacular award-winning songs. Yeah, well, oh, maybe that's where the bar is. But they're not party songs. Hmm, look at that. So Woody actually made us a list. He, he'd been thinking of recent radio singles over the past several years, I guess. Some not, not that recent, but singles that were different. But they were still radio. Now, some were written by the artist and some weren't. But the point is that this can be kind of a guideline of what he's talking about. 
So we're going to give you some songs to, I'm calling these required listening, okay? If you want to get songs on specifically country radio, check out these songs and think about, okay, if this is the bar, right, how do I need to change up what I'm writing? So he talked about Written in the Sand by Old Dominion. They wrote that one, but it's incredible. Girl Going Nowhere, Ashley McBride. More Hearts Than Mine uh, by Ingrid Address. I can't pronounce her last name. But anyway, More Hearts Than Mine is an amazing freaking song. I love it. Boy by Lee Bryce. What else here? The House That Built Me, Miranda. I Got the Boy by Janet Kramer. It's been a few years, but that's a different, but it still fits on radio. Drunk Girl, Chris Jansen. Follow Your Arrow, Casey Musgraves. Most People Are Good, Luke Bryan. Some of it, Eric Church. Break Up in the End, Cole Swindell. I Hope by Gabby Barrett. That's a current single for her. And Homecoming Queen, Kelsey Ballerini. So look at those. There's not a party song on the bunch. It's a lot of life songs, actually. You know, Girl Going Nowhere, Ooh. Boy, The House That Built Me, Drunk Girl, Ooh. some of those are all life songs. They're not relationship songs. But there are relationship songs in there. But they're from a fresh angle. Like Written in the Sand is a Where Are We song, which is a little bit different. But totally believable. And written in the sand is the lyrical poetry in that is just, it's written so different. Lyrically, especially. It's like, oh my gosh, there's so many killer lines in that. And it's just a different angle. Yeah, I got the boys looking at it. Completely believable, completely truthful. How many girls can relate to that? But it's not a subject that's been beat to death. But it's still a relationship song. Um, Breakup in the end is more of a fresh approach and just emotionally just killer. More Hearts Than Mine is a different approach. It's like, yeah, if, if we break up, I'll be fine, but you'll be, but you'll be breaking more hearts than mine and just the whole pictures of her family and stuff. It's just so, it's awesome. You got, I, I got the so, boy is different from looking at a... So good. So good. Like my mom falls in love a little faster than I do. And my dad's going to act like he doesn't like you. And Yeah. But mm-hmm. if you, you know, it just, but you'll be breaking more hearts than mine. Like my family's going to love you. You know, it's just so it's like, oh, just find that little different angle on it. And she wrote that herself, uh, but it's killer and it's making waves, you know, and that's kind of also what you need as a new artist. That's helping break her as a new artist, which is really hard to do, especially as a female artist. So she had to come with something different and she went for like, let's do real and emotional and (laughs) it's just going to slay people. That's good. (laughs) So that's the bar. Those type of songs are the bar if you want to get on radio. It's not the fun, dumb songs. Sorry. I mean, I like writing those. They're fun. They're fun in the room just to feel good and groove and, you know, hey, girl, get your cutoff jeans in the... Actually, I, I lie. I don't really like writing those, but I like yeah. fun, you know, stuff. So when I look back on, on my own history, you know, so I'm, I feel blessed that I have enough history to kind of compare what, what he's talking about to my own experience in the music business. It holds up. My first major cut, Monday Morning Church. Different. Different hook, different angle, different, you know, it just it's, it's kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. And for a lot of people, that's why they wouldn't cut it. But that's what it took for me to get in the game, a top five single. You know, one of the NSAI songs I wish I'd written. That's what it took for me to get in the game. A top five single for an Alan Jackson and a song I wish I'd written. That's what it took for nobody. And I was a complete nobody. I had to write one of those. And then every publisher passed on it that I could get it to. I remember at an NS, because it's, it's not what's on the radio. It's slow. It's sad. It's country. It's all the stuff, right, that you're not supposed to do. But it was different. And it gave 
it gave a lot of people a reason to pass on it, but it also gave somebody a reason to say yes to it. And when it got through, it resonated with a lot of people. I remember being at an NSAI workshop, like when I first moved to Nashville, you know, I'm going to go, you know, see the, I'm going to the local NSAI workshops and they're doing the song evaluations. And I remember um, Patty Way and Damon Medic <laughs> were some of the first people in Nashville to hear that song that I played it for. And they were the pros doing the evaluations. And, you know, I remember them saying, man, it's a great song, which is, that made me feel great. They're like, I don't see it could ever be a single, but it could be like a gem on an album, <laughs> you know? And so even people that liked it were like, it's not going to be a single, but it's, you know, but I dig it. And other publishers passed until they didn't. Uh, I look because at, it's not um, what's you know, on the radio right now. And this is not now. just to brag on uh, my own stuff or to my own horn, but just looking at my so, own cuts, because cuts are really hard to come by, what kind of my stuff is getting cut? Uh, Randy Travis, Every Head Bowed. It's quirky. It's different. It's about an, like an eight-year-old boy in church kind of causing mischief, and it's just a little slice of life. It's different. And Randy Travis cut Crickets by Joe Nichols. It's, yeah, it's a boy-girl on a date song, but we just, the way we framed it was hopefully just different. And my own publisher didn't even want to demo it. They didn't know what to do with it. But we got it to the right people so that it's going to give people a reason to say no, but it's also going to give people a reason to say yes. If you're in the mushy middle, right, you know, right in the middle of the road, right, just like everything else, you're not giving people a reason to say yes, the math alone says no, but you're not giving people really a reason to say yes to your song. You know, looking at my own stuff. Oh, wow. Okay. I got to aim for the edges more. And every once in a while, I want to write a song that just sounds like a radio hit. Just if anything else, just to prove to myself I can do it. <laughs> right? You go play off in the edges for a while and go, can I write something that actually sounds like what's on the radio? Okay, good. Okay, good. I can do that. You know, makes me feel good. Yep, that feels like radio. All right. Now I got to go back to the edges. Uh, but it was really a wake-up call. And here's my theory on this, because you're still frustrated going, yeah, but there are all these, you might consider mediocre songs on the radio. What do you do with that? It's frustrating. I get it. And Woody called out a couple going, that, that song that so-and-so just cut, you're not going to get that cut. <laughs> He's like, it's not great. <laughs> they get a cut because they're the artist. You're not going to get that cut. Oh, yeah, he named a couple names. I'm not going to. But if you have the replay, watch the replay. He mentions a couple names. But... Here's my theory is this. It takes amazing songs, like better than the radio songs, to get in the game. Then you leverage those amazing songs to hopefully get on the radio, right? Like a Monday morning church, you hope that gets on the radio or an outside song like, you know, like most people are good. Luke Bryan didn't write that. You know, you hope a different song gets on the radio, but at least it's going to get you into better rooms where hopefully you write more amazing songs and they help you build better relationships and you write more amazing songs. Then hopefully you get in the room with that artist, where you can write a dumb, fun song that ends up on the radio. That's that's honest. <laughs> you know, that's kind of what it takes. Like, oh, now I can play a different game. It is a different game when you're working with the artist. Because they need, uh, depending on the artist and their style and what they do, their lane. But they need some of those dumb, fun songs that are just fun party songs that are at, you know, have a good time at the concert. Great. But they're probably going to write it themselves. Okay. Well, now you can be in that stack of stuff, which it still needs to give them reason to say yes, because you're not the only person they're writing with. And they're writing with really great writers that are going to try and bring the heat so they can get on the radio. That's how you make a living. So you still have to be super competitive and bring it. But you can play a little bit of a different game. 
if you're in the room with the artist. And so that's it. It's like you, uh, I was talking to my buddy Todd the other night and, and kind of an analogy hit because we were talking about this whole thing with Woody. It's like, you know, the Olympic pedestal. I love that. You know, you have the, the bronze, then you step up and there's silver and then you step up again, there's gold. So say the bronze is like three feet high. Yeah. The silver is like, you know, eight feet high and then the gold is like 10 feet high. It takes, you know, the gold is like where the singles are and you got to jump like 10 feet high, right? You got to get up there. It's hard to get up on that gold pedestal. But you know what? The fence outside that arena is 15 feet high. You got to jump that just to get in to try and jump 10 feet high to get a gold. It's kind of like that. It's like the, the barrier to entry is like even tougher than what it takes to actually be successful in there. And you just have to think of it that way. And that's affected how I've written. I mean, so I just wrote the other day. It's like, you know what? I can write that fun stuff. And I've been trying to aim at more radio stuff. Going, you know what? I got to find something that's different. And, and hopefully it'd be like a Monday morning church. It's gonna get, not everyone's going to be able to cut it. Not everyone's going to want to, you know. But it's going to give somebody a reason to say yes, because it's real. It's different. It's crafted with all the craft I can bring to it. And my co-writers can bring to it. You know, so we're not skimping on the craft, but we're applying it to something a little different. Because these songs, when we listen to it, the play for a publisher, all well-crafted. Because I picked the 10 out of like 200 songs. They're all well-crafted. And like you said, hey, that song in particular, that's just as good as that kind of song that's on the radio. But I can't get that on the radio. Maybe some other publisher could that, you know, with more relationships or leverage, gears of power kind of thing. But no. You know, mm-hmm. that's just as good. Great. You can't get that on the radio. I can't. You know he'd like to. That's where you got to be a craftsman. You you have to think the goal has to be to write the best song. And to get there, you mm-hmm. know, I think you got to pick apart the best songs, right? You got to study them. You got to look at the lyric and how it comes off and the rhyme yeah. schemes and the, the structures and the points of view and the twist in the story and all that kind of stuff. Like you've got to become a student of the game by digging into all that so that you know what the rules are and how to break them. And then Mm -hmm. uh, I think through continuing to write competitive songs, you just get better at, you sharpen that sword. I mean, honestly, the, the song title challenge thing for me, I'm so much better at that now since we started doing that. Than I was before, and I I never considered myself a pro yeah. songwriter. I wrote my songs in my band when I was an artist, but um, you know I just didn't never have mm-hmm. aspirations to to be the song play the songwriter game. It just wasn't for me. But um, uh, so that was largely an undeveloped muscle for me, you know. And so doing that, I was like, man, you know. So all that stuff's like super valuable. But then really, you just got to be like, how am I going to slay? everybody Mm -hmm. you know that has to be the approach like i want to craft the most perfect song and again it's it's like the thought behind the thought it's the question behind the question it's like yeah you got to build your craft right because you're not going to be able to pull this stuff off you know before my last co-write i could maybe the first one i had after the play for publisher or whatever but i'm like you know what okay i got to recalibrate my bar and go I am aiming for that more hearts than mine for boy for the house that built me. And you got to be careful because that can, you can have analysis paralysis. 
you know, I've been in rooms before. It's yeah. been really frustrating where the bride is going, no, this is not good enough. we got to have something just, you know, and you can put so much pressure on yourself. You lock yourself up and then you just hate life. So you got to be careful there. But going, okay, I'm going to look through my ideas and I want to find the ones that are different, that are the edges, that can have something real and different about them. Not that they all have to be heavy like the house that built me or I drive your truck. They don't have to be that. But something that is different, go, I'm just going to swing for different for a while. Once you get to craft, it's about the decisions on how to apply that craft, the ideas that you want to apply that craft to and how you present it. That's what starts to make the difference. Yeah, you can bring all the craft because, like I said, those 10 songs, they were all well-crafted. And so many of them were like right down the middle commercial, like radio, good demos. He's like, yeah, I can't do much with that. (laughs) You know, maybe after you blow up, then those sound different and you can get those to people. Maybe those take on more value because your name has more value. You know, you hear those stories about, well, so-and-so blew up. Now everything out of his back catalog is getting cut. You know, I've heard those stories for years. Great. They may pay off down the road, but that's not what's going to get you hot to get all your stuff cut. So it's like, okay, well, okay, I know how to write a song. How do I apply this? Do I choose to write another fun, you know, little different angle on the boy hitting on the girl in the bar? Or do I sit around a little longer and try to find the idea that's more risky? The girl crush idea. You know, something that Mm -hmm. people may hate, but it ain't how many people hate it. It's how many people love it, (laughs) you know, and and go for that and be risky that way. And, 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 you know, on on that note, like like I know we're we're running a little Mm -hmm. long here, but just real quick, like even when that song came out, it got cut. And when it came out, people still were hating on it. It wasn't a single. It wasn't supposed to be a single. I think Bobby Bones. Uh like was largely responsible yes. for, cause he freaked out on that song so much that he loved it where he just kept playing it and say, if you just judge this song on the title, you're a moron, you yeah. know? And so it got cut and it became a really, really big single for them. But I mean, I don't know for sure, but I don't think that was ever scheduled to be a single. I think it was, uh, that's my understanding is it wasn't going to be the first single or the next single or whatever, you know, but it just kind of, caught fire because it was they call it reactive right yeah radio wants reactive songs that means you love it or you hate it but you react to it Yeah, because then everybody's talking about it and everybody's talking about it girl crush was reactive yeah 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 monday morning church to an extent was reactive because you know it was what 2005 2006 when it was out and social media wasn't what it is now but i i did do a little bit of looking around to see what people were saying about it, and some people were like theologically offended by it <laughs> because like you shouldn't be yelling at god that's not how you should ha-. you know it, it took some bold chances because of honesty and so like all right well let's just go there it's better to be rejected for your song being too real than too vanilla because at least they'll remember it and they know you can go there you know, i had a publisher tell me and i've told this on the on the podcast before but publisher just you know, talking about writers in general, I say sometimes they knock all the cool stuff, all the cool edges off their song in the writer's room because they're so worried about what radio will play or what radio won't play that it is, ends up being vanilla. And he ran a successful boutique, small publishing company, Blue Water Music. A lot of really cool songs coming out of there, but he's like, I can't do anything with those. Mm-hmm. You know, let me worry about the, the edges and which ones we need to sand off. You just go be wildly creative. Basically, he's like, if they want the run-of-the-mill stuff, they're going to go to Sony. Warner Chaplin get it. They're going to go to the big places and get it. We got to be the boutique that has something different. You need to be boutique. Oh, my gosh. Listen to that guy. It's a little marketing in the publishing there. Like, here's the Yeah, we got to be a boutique. You're going to come to me for the cool out-of-the-box stuff. And, you know, you look at that. 
the roster that Blue Waters had come through there, guys like Jim Lauderdale, Kim Ritchie, Chris Knight, mm. and others, is like, yeah, that was different. Tim Crackle is stuff that's different. You know, like you can only get Jim Lauderdale songs from Jim Lauderdale. <laughs> you know, he's like mad genius. He's awesome. He's had so many. If you, if you don't know Jim, look him up. He's had a lot of George Strait cuts, a lot of, you know, Mark Chestnut. He had a bunch of stuff in the 90s and still getting stuff. He's doing bluegrass now. He's worked with Ralph Stanley. I mean, he's just all kinds of stuff. And he's just he's just a freak in the best way. You know, he's just different. You you want to get a Jim Lauderdale song, you got to go to where Jim's catalog is. But there's got to be something about it that makes you go, I want a Jim Lauderdale song. I could use one of those. You know, carnival music, when they were doing like Bruce Robinson songs and Scooter Caruso, it's like just you got to stand out because if they want the vanilla, they'll just go to Sony and they'll go to Warner Chapel, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, like that other guy said, he goes, I, I can make one phone call and by five o'clock I'll have a hundred. Yeah, days. and they'll all be really good. Mm-hmm. So play me stuff that you think won't get cut because maybe that will be just the thing we need. I love, so I love that. That's what I have to share. I'm sure. Let us know how angry this makes you. I would love to hear it. You know what? On another, on a, just a quick side note again, I know we're running long, mm-hmm. but um, so my buddy, uh, Mike Ancevic, is arguably one of the top 10 ad guys in the country. So mm-hmm. some of his ads that you know are. You know, when banks compete, you win. GM credit card, BMW, mm. Sam Adams beer. He did Sirius XM. When Sirius merged with XM, you remember all those cool commercials with like David Bowie and Elton John and Snoop Dogg? That was him. He, he put all that stuff together. So cool. it's a funny dichotomy that he always talks about. But he, even when he got to the level where he was doing killer stuff like that, he still would constantly take something on the side, like a mom and pop bike shop or something that didn't have the $10 million mm-hmm. budget to bring to him or whatever, because he wasn't ever going right. to win. I forget what those words are for the ads, but he's like, I never won one of those awards on a corporate account, yeah. you know, because they're all playing it, you know, knocking off the rough edges, uh, yeah. trying not to offend what, anybody. What will or, the shareholders think of this? I- exactly. Yeah. So he goes, and, and it's funny because then they don't like you unless you got those awards, but then that's not what they want when you get to the table. <laughs> So he always would do like, you know, outside of the box, more edgy ads and and more edgy content with these companies that, you know, wanted his level of professionalism, didn't have, you know, those companies like those ad companies get paid a percentage of the ad buy. That's how they make their money. So when you're going to do a 20 million dollar ad campaign, they're in, you know. Mm -hmm. So a guy that's going to do, you know, a $10,000 ad campaign is, you know, what? Like, but he'll do that if he's like, okay, I get carte blanche on the creativity. Yeah. I promise I'm yeah, not going to deviate from play. the brand, but you, you got to play in the sandbox with me. And so I think it's a level of that in here that we're talking about too. Like you've got to, you've got to write those ones outside the box. And then that's going to get you in the room where somebody's going to start knocking off the edges and, <laughs> and doing that. And, and uh, you can always keep both versions, right? Yeah, it's, it's kind of your resume songs. Yeah, there you go. Kind of your resume songs that get you in the door. Um, but listen, this kind of information, this is what you need. This is what people on the row get, people in the business get. We, we talk, we chat about what's – this is like our water cooler stuff. What's working? What's not working? If you're sitting in Idaho, it's really hard to get that, right? 
thankfully, you have the climb, right? And you have some other sources for that kind of stuff because I, I love bringing this stuff to you because it teaches me as I teach you, for one thing. To get that information, I think there's a good resource for you. So you know I'm with Songwriting Pro. There is a membership side to Songwriting Pro, and it's just at songwritingpro.com. I go in and we do stuff like Know the Pro with pros in the business, you know, publishers, A&R people, producers, whatever, artists, and you get a chance to, and I sit down and I talk to them for about 30 minutes online, and then you can be there face-to-face too and ask your questions. We do that on a regular basis. I do something called The Hang where I'll, I'll do a video conference with a pro, a writer and producer, whoever, for about 30 minutes and dig into this stuff about work ethic and what works and, and all this stuff that is the real deal. That's not just, oh, tell us a story about, you know, whatever. We're trying to dig more deeply to find stuff that is really helpful for you. And we have hours of that stuff in there. And it's like five bucks a month. So it's ridiculous. So it's that kind of stuff that allows you to, to get recalibrated and not just to, to rely on the radio as being the guide and what you're thinking the bar is. Go to the pros and find out what it's really like and what it really takes. And so that's just at songwritingpro.com. You can check that out there. And if you go to the inside peak, it gives you a little sneak preview of some of the stuff that's in the membership site. And you also get a, a partial list of all the pros that we have in there that are sharing their wisdom and insight with you. So I would encourage you to do that because right now we got time. You have to house anyway. Now's a good time to dive into that stuff. And also with your writing, if you're like most people, your co-writes have slowed down as we're all adjusting. Take that time to think about, okay, what's the what's a different angle I can take on this song? Or what what should I write? And slow down a little bit and really make sure that you're swinging a big swing. You know, I mean, Babe Ruth, you know, he had the most home runs in history but at the time, but he also had the most strikeouts. He also led the league in strikeouts. He's like, I'm either going to homer or I'm going to strike out and really That's music hard. business same thing most interceptions most touchdowns yep and in the music business all that matters are number of touchdowns number of home runs and so really a single is a strikeout a double is a strikeout for really in the music business we're all aiming for mm-hmm. the home run and so take the big swing so that's what I got. And check out songwritingpro.com so you can keep getting that information. There you go. All right, guys. Well, that brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. If you haven't joined the Climb community, do so. Subscribe to the podcast so that all of the episodes come in in order and you can go consume them as you wish and kind of cherry pick the ones that speak to you. But wherever you consume podcasts, will be there. I promise. Make sure you tell a friend about it. That's the best way that you can, you know, pay back uh, Brent and I just, hey, if it's honestly helping you, then I know you want to help other people. So tell other people about it. And then finally, uh, help us get to 200 ratings and reviews on iTunes. So takes 30 seconds, click through on any of the podcasts there and, and leave your comments. Be honest, but we hope it's a five star anyway. So we're all here. This is, you know, together in this, this business, Brent and I created this podcast because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.